Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 11 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's I Against I by Bad Brains. Let's get into it. How are you? I'm very well. It's it's not very long since we last recorded. It's it's only five days, isn't it? It is. We we're always talking about how we listen to albums for a week, but we're liars. Yeah, we are liars this week. We went for a roast at the weekend, which is very nice. Lovely restaurant, outdoors, indoors at a friend's house. What we went there? to the Good Companions in Seven Dials. Lovely. And went to Waterstones and bought some books. I bought a book which is written by Patty Smith this weekend. Oh, okay. Like a fiction book, sort of. Fiction, non-fiction, it's basically like at the end of 2016 she had like some big life changes and it's sort of just her travelling around Southern California and it's almost just like about her travels but then it's almost fictionalised as well. It's just sort of meditations on like thinking and life and stuff. It that sounds cool. really interesting and I was like, oh, it's by Patti Smith. Sounds great. And then inside it says also by Patti Smith. It turns out it's her like 15th book. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fuck. I didn't realise she was so prolific. No, I mean, one of them is like, I guess the equivalent of like a book of poetry. It's just assorted lyrics. Oh, okay. Which makes sense. But yeah, she's written tons of books by the looks of it, which I didn't realise. No, neither did I. I do like those, you know, like the assorted lyrics books with with the notes, you know, where the author like writes a little. Yes. Here's, here's what I was thinking when I wrote this and like a little story. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I've, I've not been in a Waterstones in far too long. I miss Waterstones. Oh, yeah, it's a good place. It is. <laughs> this week, sponsored by Waterstones. <laughs> Most other bookshops are great as well, don't worry. Yes, absolutely. Books are great. You heard it here first. How about you? How was your weekend and how's your beginning of the week been? My weekend was great. We went to one of the people Jess works with. Her parents live in the Forest of Dean and they've got quite a big you know, sort of patch of land, I suppose. Cool. And they have an alpaca farm as well. Amazing. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Um, and so we booked in to go canoeing. They're, like Jess's work had like booked in for a, a socially distanced day out on Sunday, like a right. day canoeing down the down the River Wye uh, in the Forest of Dean. And Beth invited us all to camp out at her house like the night before because she's they, they grew up in the Forest of Dean. And so, yeah, Saturday night we all went over there and had like a, a camped out socially distanced barbecue and that sort of thing. Cool. Which is why I've got a really horrible cold. I don't know if it's going to come across this episode, but <laughs> because I was in a tent on Saturday night, absolutely freezing. Yeah. But worth it because the canoeing was absolutely lovely. It was glorious on Sunday. And we, uh, yeah, it was like a three hour, you know, canoe down the river. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it that when you go camping, even if it's a baking hot day, it's freezing at night? I don't know. And I wish I did. And I wish I knew how to combat it because like... It was lovely in the day. And then obviously around the campfire, we were like, oh, this is great. Bloody toasty. Yeah. And then as soon as we got into our tent, I like almost died. Yeah. I, I swear every single time I've been camping or any time I've slept in a tent, I've gone to sleep absolutely freezing, woken up like melting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuck to the mattress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're cold, you're like, right, I'm going to put all my clothes on yeah. to sleep. And then just during the night, you start shedding them, but you can't do it fast enough. It's, no. it's madness. Yeah. Uh, should we should we talk about bad brains? We probably should, yeah. So um, as we mentioned last week, it's Black History Month in the UK, so we are um, focusing on bands uh, with with black artists every week. And the first up uh, was Bad Brains, uh, who I had never heard before. Richard, you heard them before? I think you said no. I hadn't. No, I might have heard one song, which we're going to get to. But okay. I didn't. I wasn't aware that I'd heard one song by them. Got you. But yeah, so I hadn't really listened to them at all. I've read 
a lot about them because my friend at uni got me this amazing book which I suggest everyone reads called Dance of Days which is a like a 500 page essentially a textbook about punk in DC from the late 70s to the mid noughties at uh, mid 90s okay this is why you were so familiar with it last week when we were talking about scream and and that sort of exactly thing. because I've read the most in-depth book it literally goes in it like I don't think there was a gig, a punk gig that happened in DC in that time that the book doesn't mention. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, so it, it goes right from sort of Patti Smith releasing Horses to a bit after Kurt Cobain died. Okay. And yeah, so it goes through, and obviously Bad Brains were some of the architects of that scene. Mm-hmm. So they were featured in there very heavily. And do you know what I've done this week, Kyle? What have you done? I forgot to, forgot to bring that book with me. So I've, I've had to make my notes without that book. Well, it seems like a, a big error. <laughs> it's a very big error. Uh, but I, su- I suggest everyone uh, reads it or at least has a look at it. It's, it's fascinating. We can link that in the description, can't we? We can put yeah. some, some sort of link to that book somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Okay, well, I mean, you're a bit... Well, let's obviously, we'll double-head it like we should be doing and we don't do often enough, but let's quickly talk about Brad Bain. Uh, let's quickly talk about Bad Brains. Who, who's Brad Bain? <laughs> He's my favourite musician of all time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so they are as we said a hardcore punk band from dc um they formed in the late uh late 70s i think 77 ish 77 yeah and they actually started off as a band called mind power mm-hmm. um and they were like a jazz fusiony metally sort of band makes sense yeah of course and then they changed the names and changed genres effectively yeah yep and and became bad brains uh one of the first sort of hardcore punk bands but they still kept their funkiness and a bit of well, i don't know if they've got much jazz in them by this point Do you, would you say so maybe not jazz but like there is a weirdness to them that i guess you could yeah sort of maybe link to the idea of jazz and then yeah they definitely started off with a much more reggae vibe as well yes there's still a bit of that i think i think you can hear yeah interestingly i read that by this point they've sort of lost a lot of their punkness which surprises me because a lot of this is very punky i thought very much so yeah but then also apparently this is their guitar heaviest album oh okay so i'd be quite interested to hear like the previous album which is more punky but less guitar <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like a slight paradox to me but yeah i would like to hear that as well yeah i mean they are they've got quite an interesting sort of lineup in terms of the way they i'd like there seem to be lots of dropping in and out of members and various things from what i could see yes the singer hr is um him and the drummer they're brothers aren't they yes and hr was sort of falling in and out with the hardcore punk scene seemingly like he one week he'd like it and then the next week yeah i'm not so i'm not going to come to the gig i don't really want to and he'd he'd always try and make sure his brother did what he did yeah like if he left the band his brother left the band yeah so so there's there's a lot of that sort of guns and roses-esque yeah you know drama seemingly um apparently the drummer uh whose name i should be getting up here what's his name earl hudson earl hudson he's apparently he was apparently very big on reggae and he wished he sometimes wanted them to just be a reggae band right and so yeah so he'd sort of they'd all be fighting about what they sounded like and what they wanted to sound like and whether or not they even wanted to be doing it yeah which is great and to me that's like really really punk i think the idea that your band doesn't really want to be doing what they're doing is like the most punk thing absolutely well i mean i was going to bring it up but uh this is a good time to bring it up they effectively, conversely to a lot of the punk bands, they were super up for you know getting big and getting famous and yeah. signing to a major label. And they had a lot of interest from major labels. But then HR just sort of kept sabotaging that, yeah. seemingly. Like he uh, he would just... 
they'd be in a meeting. I can't remember who it was with, but they were in a meeting. And I've actually got a quote about it. This is uh, Daryl Jennifer talking, the bassist. Oh, we should just say. Uh, so HR is the singer. Oh Hudson, his brother, is the drummer. Daryl Jennifer is the bassist. And Dr. No is the guitarist. Mm-hmm. Another band with the fun stage names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so Daryl Jennifer said, in the early days, we had offers from a lecturer in Ireland with Electra HR introduced the label president to me as Satan. <laughs> that was when they were at the Plaza Hotel in New York when they were going to offer us a million dollars. And then with the Island deal, we had the contracts out to sign and HR said he wanted to use the bathroom and he just ran down the street. <laughs> so it's like, do you want fame and success or do you not? Wow. I mean, it's pretty incredible in that light that they are famous at all, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got a million dollar deal on the table and you just run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Whilst we're still on the subject of lineups, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it's quite pertinent that we're doing this episode today because the original singer, Sid McRae, passed away yesterday. Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So he, he was part of the band like very originally for, you know, not, not very much time at all before HR sort of became the main front man. But he was nevertheless one of the founding members. Shit. Well, there you go. So it's interesting timing. It is. But in terms of the album we've been listening to, it's their third album. Yes. And it had a strange recording process in the HR went to prison in the middle of it. Yes. Yeah. And um, again, we'll talk about it. But uh, <laughs> um, some of the recording for this album was done from prison. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, which is very punk, I guess. Uh, yeah. Maybe, again, the most punk thing that's ever happened ever. <laughs> it's our first album that didn't chart oh yeah you know i didn't even think to look at like sales or anything shit no i mean i couldn't find any sales figures it didn't chart so it's our first i mean obviously we've been sport the last few weeks because we've had apart from dirt we've had like three number ones in a row yeah and dirt was like number three or something so yeah so this was a non-charting album which isn't surprising because it is you know it's very underground hardcore punk Mm -hmm. uh the big albums at the time i think the, the u.s billboard top five at the time was Third Stage by Boston, Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi, Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah. And Huey Lewis in the News 4. So there you go. It was, uh, I don't think Bad Brains were quite in the same genre. No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that said, I'd probably choose this album over some of those. Yeah. Personally. Um, I mean, should, should we talk about the album? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So in uh, in song order, I guess. Well, we should definitely start with intro if we're going to do a... We should start with intro, yeah, because that's a good place to have it. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find this? I mean, this is the, the first breath of bad brains we've experienced. Yeah. What did you think of this? It was not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. I think I was expecting. I knew there were a, like a, a hardcore punk band, you know, like a, a real seminal hardcore punk band. Yeah. And I thought it was just going to be like balls to the wall 200 beats a minute yeah just power chords like that for yeah, like yeah. the whole album basically yeah and this instantly was like wrong well i think they when they first came out their big thing was how they could play so much faster than all the other bands that's why people went to see them because they were so much faster but seemingly like even from the start they were a little bit more than just power chords like I mean, obviously, Dr. No is an insane guitarist. He's so good. And I think even at the beginning, he he was probably like doing bizarre stuff as opposed to just power chords. Yeah. But yeah, speed was always their like wow factor. So yeah, I was expecting the exact same thing. 
and this is more metal than than anything else i thought it really is yeah it's it sounds more like alice in chains or something yeah. like the the 90s the grunge scene yeah it, it really does and yeah it's just really unexpected again like maybe if i knew bad brains a bit better i i wouldn't have been so shocked but mm. going in absolutely blind i was like is this the right album yeah what the hell am i listening to yeah but i i liked it i, I think oh, i kind of want to hear more of that song to be honest me too i wish it was a full song yeah it's like probably some of my favorite riffs and, and stuff yeah. on, on that um yeah yeah super cool i think what, what was interesting was that it kept doing these like three second bursts of solos and shreds and stuff and yeah. then stopping and it was almost like what those bits were doing in this song it was like this song is doing that to the album yes it's like showy intro and all the generally all the songs have these like bizarre showy intros before the actual song starts yeah it's quite a it's quite a theme isn't it yeah so i felt that was quite interesting like the album starts like that as a whole as well as all the songs starting like that yeah yeah like they just do the, like oh look what we can do and the song. <laughs> <laughs> and a normal song yeah and it sounds great as well like it's real it's real raw you know like we were talking yeah. about nirvana's sound last week this is like that plus some it is in the uh 2001 albums to hear before you die book oh which is two in a row two in a row i mean we like that's a thousand albums <laughs> i'm surprised more of them haven't been in there yeah that's true but yeah it's cool it's a cool like interesting album like you say uh, i will say the drums are panned wrong so instantly ah. zero out of ten for me oh, i'm not Hudson, happy about it you wrongly panned <laughs> idiot yeah. <laughs> but the snare drum sounds fucking great so it really does uh, doesn't it that's that's some points back in his court before we get too heavy into like specifics i hadn't actually looked at um ratings and like reviews and stuff but it got insane reviews yeah it's uh it's very very well regarded is a, yeah. is a way to put it rolling stone five out of five pitchfork 9.3 out of 10 all i know music, pitchfork hate everything yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh yes that's pretty interesting it is it's also been have you seen that it's like it's just huge there's a there's a bit on the again maybe we shouldn't be trusting wikipedia but there's a, a lot on there just about like all the people that absolutely love this album and just have been really effusive about it over the yeah. years and who's who it's inspired yeah and how many people have covered it as well machine head lamb of yeah. god jeff buckley like jeff buckley covering one of these songs like, i would love to hear jeff buckley and lamb of god covering <laughs> these songs that that sounds amazing yes so i might have to look that up actually because uh, yeah. jeff's jeff singing a, a hardcore punk song is uh something i need in my life you might actually be able to tell what the lyrics are saying though if jeff buckley's <laughs> singing them that, that is true <laughs> Yeah, okay, so then we get into the first first proper song, the yes, uh, title, title track. track, Eye Against Eye. Yeah, just like a crazy solo, and then then sort of into what I was expecting, just like... Me too, yeah. Yeah. My, my first note is, here we go, like, this is what I yeah. wanted, like, this is what... Yeah, but it, it's, it, it is all so fast that you get sort of a minute and ten seconds in, and there's already been like four sections in this song. I know, it's mental, isn't it? And also, we've, uh, I mean, we talked about it with Enter Shikari, we talked about it with uh, Lane... HR has more vocal styles oh than anyone who has ever lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really does. I can't believe it's one person on this album. Like, I cannot believe it's no. one man doing all of the different voices. No, it's, it's mental. bizarre, isn't it? It is, yeah. Some of them I really like. Some of them I find quite strange. Yes, I, I agree. Every now and then, like, but like you say, because the sections change so often, it can literally be like within 20 seconds. I'm like, oh, this yeah. sounds cool. And then a weird like screech happens for a few bars or like within a, within like one line he like yes. might do something yeah it's weird because they're like the verses in this are really kind of low key and you know he's sort of like 
half shouting some of the words, but like, yeah. like he doesn't actually want to make too much noise, so he's a bit worried about it. Yeah, yeah. And then the bridge that I don't want to have, I go against I. Yeah. He sounds like bloody to me. He sounds like Paul Weller. It sounds like bloody Morrissey all of a sudden. Like he just appears. He does a, have that sort of voice sometimes. Doesn't yeah. He? yeah, and I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, mental. Also, like I find it so hard to hear what he's saying sometimes yeah and i feel like even reading the lyrics like you can't read them fast enough sometimes and he's <laughs> not even pronouncing half the bits yes so it's uh what we were talking about last week that we'd like finally learned the lyrics to never mind yeah this is like i'm looking at the lyrics i still don't know the lyrics no no not at all yeah <laughs> and then so uh, so it does those sort of like first few like different verse types and then it goes into like what the chorus i guess would be yeah and then it just turns into like chaos yeah. With the, um, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy it is like you say and this is like this song's about three minutes long yeah it's like what is going on it's insane yeah, they do they do do a lot in that time they do i also wasn't expecting as many guitar solos as i am treated to on this album no we got our first one in this uh, song that was an absolute treat he is shredding yeah he's very good isn't he he's very good and he uses the tremolo more than like almost anyone i think i've ever heard apart from maybe like jeff beck or steve vi like he just <laughs> non-stop yeah. just like all the time yeah and in a punk band like i didn't even know punk people knew about tremolos no. <laughs> yeah that is a lot of fun yeah um anything else on that on that song no i i really like it but it, yeah fuck it, it still baffles me i like it but i don't know i don't know what's going on i feel like it would sort of do this album justice if we just like shout about a song and then we just stop it's just like then we're over it's over it's done two minutes you know what you're spot on if we give us we should have a timer we should give ourselves two minutes per song we'll just yeah. scream it <laughs> yeah. scream it in as many different voices as you can maybe that should be our, our general rule of thumb let's try and talk about the album in a, as much time as the album exists. Okay, well, we're already way over. Let's go. <laughs> House of Suffering. Go! Drum intro. Great song. Yeah, that the drum it like, fucking... Like this. Yeah. How is he doing that? I don't know. It's crazy. It's, I feel like this song has definitely got more reggae than yes. than the previous song, at least, and, and probably more than some of the others later on. Yeah, I've got quite a reggae feel coming through on this one. Yeah, I, I found it quite hard to like pick that element out sometimes, but... This song definitely had it. Mm -hmm. But then it's also got this like really aggressive feel. Yeah. And then like halfway through it just like, I mean, it goes back to the first verse, but just like he's screaming it, like shouting it sort of thing. Yeah. He's absolutely lost his mind. Yeah. And that, I love that voice. That's a really great scream. It's really scary is what it is. But even from there, he's playing with like super like weird, funky types of vocals as well like he's screaming mm. but then the way he says nothing he's like nothing yeah <laughs> like it's sort of like a red hot chili peppers sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I also think i mean i don't know they're probably coming up concurrently maybe but i feel like red hot chili peppers like the early stuff isn't too far from some of this mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. like the early stuff is a little bit metally super funky like very chaotic like head on as well isn't it yeah. like you think of i know it's a cover but think of something like higher ground like the yeah. you know and then the outro to higher ground especially when it goes like you know what i mean <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. this isn't it yeah you're right yeah and just yeah so some of the little things that anthony kiedis does i wonder mm-hmm. if bands like this were in his mind when he was sort of becoming the front man that he became really. yeah i reckon that is a great connection because you are right he does some very odd things he does yeah but yeah so this, this is a cool song talking about how aggressive it is i think it's quite interesting that because they have like this rasta background of like beliefs and things within their music obviously they in their previous album they had the song called attitude where 
they're generally like their whole vibe is like positive mental attitude like they started that whole thing of pma and they're also like i think they were also like straight edge as well and they always had this like positive vibe and like everyone needs to be positive and happy and things and like that was the outlook they had at their shows so it's quite interesting that some of these songs like this one feels really aggressive Mm. but they've generally got this like positive outlook and positive feel to some of the lyrics and stuff yeah i thought that was quite interesting no you're right it's a it's a weird thing especially with the noise that they're making as well you know what i mean like yeah it's a it's a very it's a big mishmash and it's 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 odd (laughs) it is it is odd so Reignition was the song I had heard before. Okay, where had you heard it? Do you remember? There was a live version of it on one of the Guitar Heroes. Oh, okay. Um, and I only realised after a few listens, um, because obviously it's live, so it wasn't exactly the same. Mm. But yeah, so I, I had heard it, I'd played along to it, apparently. Well, all right. Got <laughs> In terms of power. greens and blues. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was probably on the uh, the tremolo pretty much as much as he I was. I was going to say, <laughs> Ah, so good and then so he's got another another vocal style in this he's like yeah pretty creepy like yeah yeah his uh his m shadows yeah i was gonna say you're not not a fan of this one as much uh not as much no yeah but i mean it's like it's interesting again it's just so interesting like the whole album you know what i mean even when i'm like not necessarily on board i'm still like this is like different than the last song like how what's going yeah. on like it's so yeah. it's just a it just takes you on a ride this album but it does. doesn't it doesn't feel like it's in a way that it's like, oh, they didn't know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I think because it's not like there's a soft song and a heavy song. It's just like all the songs are chaos. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, that's their sound. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like they, they tried this for three minutes here and then the next song they tried something else. Yeah. It's great. I saw a pretty interesting analogy which sort of links to that was that because basically all the albums are recorded with this lineup of the main four. Yes. But as, you, as you've mentioned earlier... They, uh, especially HR and Earl, sort of kept dropping out of the band and going back in. <laughs> I feel like their albums, they, they're so like, they, it was almost like they'd go into the studio, explode, yeah. to sort of like put themselves on recharge for like a little bit of time, just like not be a band. Yeah. And then once they're back up to energy, then they'd come back in and just explode again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is probably true. It must be, I can't imagine what seeing them live is like. Oh, wow. Like the whiplash you must get from, yeah. you know what I mean? Like everything they're doing. I mean, I think they're still playing. Yeah, I think they, they still get together and tour. It seemed like it when I looked on, I think it said 2016 was the last time they sort of toured, but right. it seems like a thing they do every now and then. Oh, cool. But yeah, it must be... It must be nuts. Yeah, I would say so. This has this song has a couple of things that they do quite a lot on the album that I and both of them I like very much. Mm-hmm. One of them is like the bass drum going along with the guitar, dun 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 da dun dun like that, like yeah, the, yeah, every yeah. beat. It's really really cool uh, with the bass as well. Like they're all holding it down, dun 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 yeah. dun da. Dun. I really like that. And also, um, Doctor No is doing some. Like he just every now and then, maybe at the end of a bar, he'll just do like a fill where he'll just be like, "Will it yeah. And then he'll go back yes. to some chords, and it's like, "What?" Yeah. And again, like I'm thinking, I was expecting thrash metal, and instead, he is absolutely crazy. It's mental. Yeah, I think he is probably the part of this album that I've enjoyed the most. Yeah, he's kept me on my toes more than even even sure. more than the vocals. He is. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, it is. I think, I think this this will definitely come up more later as the songs sort of change sound. But apparently, between their previous album and this album, he like just listened to hair metal basically oh okay um like he was suddenly super into van halen and yeah like and you can really tell like there's there's a very van halen feel to some of these songs coming up there is 
And so some of the like background, wow, like harmonic, yeah, like yeah. It's, and it's just it's mental. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But then the bridge in reignition is sort of like a, a taster to some of the stuff later on as well because it's got quite an art pop vibe to it. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some songs we we're about to talk about which are very sort of on the pop art pop sort of side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to me at least. Um, so I thought it was interesting that, that like a bridge in this song sort of introduces that idea, which is going to come in later. Yeah. Is that is that something you had? had thought about the like sort of art pop i don't know if i'd thought about it in those in those terms no but like you know i can hear what you mean yeah so for instance if we go to the next song secret 77 yeah to me it just sounds like duran duran right and i think a lot of their songs from this point have that sort of feel to them yeah it's got a very i, I couldn't quite pin it down i've written so many different like sounds like yeah yeah i think it like you say it must just be like the 80s pop scene like washed in with bloody yeah. Black Sabbath and you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just such a straight, like the intro to me on this, to Secret 77, sounds a bit like Mastodon almost with like the picked phased clean guitars and that Tom beat. Yeah. And then it just turns into like a reggae verse when he's going bat and dat with the chopped chords. Yeah. It's like, again, like absolute whiplash. You're like, where am I in this song? Yeah, it's interesting. It is. And something that hadn't occurred to me uh, until literally just then was that I'm pretty sure punk sort of stemmed from art rock and like there was this sort of like weird fusion of like art rock and goth rock and punk sort of came out of that sort of stuff okay i guess if you think about the cure and and bands like that so maybe they were listening to no i I can't think of a specific example but i I know that if if punk sort of came from that point then then maybe they still had a bit of that in them Mm -hmm. Yeah. At times, and then as you say, like the the vibe of the eighties as well, sort of in, infused that as well. Yeah, they seem to have a bit of bloody everything that's ever existed in them because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and that said, this song has like they they also managed to get some really great sort of catchy hooks mm-hmm. in with all this stuff. It's like the bit where he says, um, "He that honor him have mercy on the poor." Yeah, I lo- like how are they putting catchy hooks in in all of this? Yeah, just sneaking it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly, like earworms. And they're like some of the songs I literally can't like I wouldn't be able to tell you all the sections of Eye Against Eye. No. But some of them I've got stuck in my head for days. Absolutely. Yeah. This the that bit you just mentioned and the the chorus to reignition. Yeah. They're just constantly going around in my head now. <laughs> um yeah, I forgot to mention just a really silly thing earlier. So I was trying to find out the record sales for this album. Yes. So I Googled it. And you know how Google like suggests other questions that are sort of related? Yes. Well so I, I searched for like how many units did I against I bad brain sell or something like that. And next thing that came up was like, did you want to search for where is HR now? Right. I was like, eh, no. And then the <laughs> next one was, is punk bad for your brain? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, yes, it is. Kyle. I was going to say, was there a definitive answer on Google? <laughs> they, well, they, they gave a definitive answer. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Very silly. Okay. On to uh, second half of the album already. Yes. Let me let me help. Let me help. This is quite punky, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Back to his really weird voice. Yes. Again, it's it's got a super where, where he says like "Let me help." It's like mm-hmm. a really nice melody. Like the, yeah, the notes he's singing in that is beautiful. Because it's the big like gang vocals in the start of the chorus, and it sounds like really yeah. really punky. And then literally yeah. a line later, he's singing this like really catchy melody. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is. Also, I think at this point, I um. I was sort of thinking about the solos and I, I feel like they work 100% in the songs mm-hmm. but they're so chaotic I wonder if they actually like I wonder if they actually work musically like not that it necessarily has to or that it matters because they work in the songs so what does it matter but 
like notes wise and stuff like some of them just sound like so bizarre mm. like maybe if the solo was soloed yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh you know just put by itself whether that would sound just like absolutely bonkers by itself i you know i thought the same thing like again like you say it doesn't matter it's like music isn't like he played one wrong note and so it's a rubbish solo but yeah you are right that i think if you if you isolated the guitar track and just listened to the solo it would probably be insanity yeah you wouldn't know what key he was in i don't think and you wouldn't know no. what was going on no but like you say but underneath like sorry over the top of da, 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 it's like there he goes <laughs> Because yeah. every solo on the album is great, I think. Like, yeah. there's not a single one I thought. Yeah. But yeah, but I couldn't, put, I couldn't put my finger on why. It sounds like they literally put him in the room and went, "We're going to play you four bars, and then you need to do a solo." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, all right, bring it on." And they just locked the door from the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and wouldn't let him out until he'd done ten solos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so good. It's got a sudden stop end as well. This song. I mean, quite a few of them do, but this one's got another. quite a few of them do. Yeah, I, I thought about that. Big yeah. fan. Big fan. <laughs> nice. How are you feeling about She's Calling You? That whole riff is really like, I, don't, I mean, it reminds me of Black and White because it's kind of similar uh, by Michael Jackson, but that like, oh, yeah. digga, digga, da, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like the riff he's playing is really, it's really long. It's like eight bars long, this riff, and it's, or like maybe four, and it's such a good riff. He's got like that, da, 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 and then he does like the, yeah. It's like, what? Is this a punk band? Yeah. It's such a strange riff. <laughs> like exactly yeah, it's, it's it's so fun it is like it really sounds like he's having so much fun it does it's just like he's messing around and he's like come on play something around this yeah uh it's like lots of sound effects in this song as well mm-hmm. did you notice yeah I, I, sometimes i couldn't hear them and sometimes i could which was strange yeah there's there's two really specific ones in the second verse when he says spirit electricity there's like a pan like a buzz that pans across the yeah and then when he does the kaleidoscopic trees there's like that echoed voices you know like oh right i cool. noticed that one i there's also the first line of the second verse where he says vibrating cosmic waves is there's another thing it was just like oh okay in the background yeah it's cool yeah it's cool yeah i think that the, the stuff that's like the more sort of artier poppier sort of stuff is less my bag but i think because dr no's doing so many awesome riffs like i sort of can easily get through it all but the, the stuff that's more punky and more metally is, is definitely my preferred stuff of the album. Yes, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay, so we, we referenced it earlier, Sacred Love. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was assuming you, you'd read the, the story about how this was recorded. Yeah, and we've got to talk about it quickly, don't we? Let's quickly... So, during the recording of this, HR was arrested and convicted on uh, marijuana distribution charges. Oh, I thought it was just possession. Oh, I think it's distribution, but yeah, it's, it's either possession or distribution. Oh, okay. But yeah, instead of, like, putting the album on hold, <laughs> as you normally would, they uh, yeah. he was in prison. Uh, in Virginia yeah. and they phoned him and he had a phone call and they recorded the vocals to this song over the phone apparently he took apart the handset so that it wouldn't pick up any background noise through the cone oh wow and he's just singing like into a pulled apart handset yeah and the vocal take on Sacred Love is yeah is sung from a prison down a phone and he said he could barely hear the music through the phone he just like yeah he said he, he sort of like felt it in his like in his being like this is how the song i know how the song sounds so i'm just gonna sing it regardless unfathomable <laughs> yeah because like it would have been on tape as well so it's not the kind of thing where they can just be like oh let's try that again like it's on tape <laughs> they have to get it done quite you know yeah. it's not easy also he's, he's probably on a time limit for his uh prison <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah halfway through a guard takes him away <laughs> 
um, I, I did find it quite funny because uh, the the like the story bit of this that I found it said just before HR was set to sing he casually informed the producer that he had to leave the rural Massachusetts studio and report to prison the following day <laughs> the producer is quoted as saying we had two hours left so basically I had said give me two takes on each song I so I finished the recording with HR he had to go serve three or four months so yeah he basically had they had two hours left and it was just like right let's just try and get these eight songs done Christ alive yeah what a madman two takes bam two takes two hours eight songs and I wonder if if maybe they'd had more time it wouldn't have quite the same energy and insanity to his vocals yeah because it's literally like wh- whatever he recorded that was going on the album yeah like they had no choice <laughs> yeah. because it's not like let's try that song we'll do we'll spend a day on this song like yeah. it's literally you've got two takes we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, stop fucking around <laughs> yeah and can you like you know the the famous story of john lennon recording um twist and shout and how his voice is absolutely ruined and that's why he sounds so raspy on that song right because they've been recording all day like you know live takes in the uh, 60s okay. on tape yeah and so like that's the last song they do and he's absolutely ruined i mean hm must have been the same like recording vocals is horrible let me tell you it knackers you out and to just sing eight songs in a row like by the end of it he must have been fucking wheezing no wonder he sounds so like insane on some of this album it's great hi this is kyle it's great. it's great. John Lennon. John Lennon. <laughs> rich. Rich. I didn't hear a word of that. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, just it sound like you agree. <laughs> oh, yes, Kyle. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. So, Sacred Love has got that bizarre vibe to the vocals. Mm. Almost because of all those, well, I say effects. It's not effects, but, you know, because of how they did it. It sounds like it's like a Marilyn Manson song or something, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it's got like a really gothy vibe to this song. Yeah quite creepy and yeah. strange I didn't even I didn't actually look up what the singles were on this did they have any singles I couldn't find any they released a video for I Against I but oh, that they? was all I found I didn't watch that it's just like a live performance video oh okay fine yeah but yeah, I, I feel like this is probably one of the big songs from the album that people know probably because of the story behind it mm. but it's also quite a more accessible song maybe than some of the others yeah certainly than some of the stuff we've talked about so far yeah yeah I really like it yeah I do as well it's a great song yeah also, I wondered, obviously it wasn't, but it sounds almost like he's written it from prison as well. Yeah. Because there's some, some elements to it, like he says about, um, like he talks about being locked away and like Tuesday afternoon visits and stuff. Yeah. There's a line that's like, I'm in here and you're out there or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so it there? almost sounds like he wrote it in there, but I assume he didn't. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why they recorded it from prison, because he hadn't written it until he was in prison. Maybe, or maybe he just changed a couple of lines whilst he was there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, on the spot. Yeah. he didn't have time. Yeah. He seems like the type, doesn't he? Yep, what a guy. Okay, hired gun. Yeah, what are you feeling? Uh, this is probably my least favourite on the album, I would say. Yeah. But my, yeah, my notes, I mean, the first note says it's very 80s rock. Yeah, it is, yeah. And yeah, I don't I, I don't know, it's just not uh, It's just not one that I get on with very well. Like, it's all right, but yeah, what about you? Yeah, I, I think he's got another voice going on in this one. He's yeah. like, in that opening verse, it always sounds like he's got an accent, like a different accent. Yes. Which, yeah, threw me off slightly. Yep. I, I think I agree. This is probably one of the weaker songs. Mm-hmm. It's sort of got that idea of what you were talking about last week of when you were talking about a 14-year-old writing a song about Angry Chair. Yeah. It's sort of got like similar, like the, the opening lines and stuff, like hired gun, yeah, it's cool, yeah. yeah. Which I know like a lot of punk has that sort of, yeah, it's cool vibe. But I don't know. I, I really like the chorus. It's got sort of like when all the elements sort of come in when he's saying hired gun. I think that bit's really cool, but I think mm-hmm. around that it's maybe a little bit 
thinner than some of the others. Yeah, I, I that is my that is my thoughts as well. Yeah, and then final song in the album, "Return to Heaven." Yeah, again, sounds like could be Motley Crue or Van Halen. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've written Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just just like the eighties big rock stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's got like the he does that thing again where he's playing like really high chords or like he's really accenting the top notes of the yeah, of the chord. You know what I mean? So it rings out. Yeah, really. Ree! Which again, I'm, I wasn't expecting. I think in my head, punk is always just dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 and he seems to like you know ringing out nice little notes over the top. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And this also has one of the most unbelievable vocal things I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, which is the second line of each verse. He does. He like jumps about six octaves with his fucking voice. <laughs> yeah, I I can't fathom how he does it. Like I've I. I've tried doing it with my own voice <laughs> and I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, and not that I should be able to, but just like, I can't figure out what he does with his throat to make that noise. He literally says a detestable smell like a, like that kind of pitch. Yeah. And then he says poison well, like, ah! like that high. Yeah. I don't know how he's fucking yeah. doing it. I mean, that, it's that's, mental. that's a very good impression. That's, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't sing it at the speed he sings it. No. It almost sounds like he's inhaling that bit, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah. But I thought that, like, even that reminded me of Van Halen. I don't know if there's, like, a specific song, but, like, sort of Hot for Teacher era Van Halen, I feel like that's something David Lee Roth would do. Yeah, that is a good shout, actually. I mean, speaking of, though, this song does have an absolute shredding solo. It really does, yeah. It goes nuts. I mean, th- I feel like this song is as, is as sort of hair metally as as they get. Yeah. Like, it's just, there isn't really a, another vibe to this song. It's just that pretty much yeah okay well we've we've pretty much burnt through that album like they burnt through it yeah fitting yeah yeah how do you where does it stand for you how did you enjoy it did you like it did you have fun blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh such an insightful question richard thank you yes i want to answer <laughs> um, every single bit of that in order oh shit so like i i think i enjoyed it as an experience yeah. if that makes sense yeah. it was really interesting to listen to for the week but it's not something, uh, assuming the subtext of this question is, is it going into my Hall of Fame? Yeah. The uh, the answer is no, it's not going into my Hall of Fame. There's so much that happens in 32 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. The, like, I'm glad I've listened to it. Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone should listen to this because it's totally a strange, strange journey to go on as a listener. Yes. Especially as a fan of rock music. Like, it's, you know, it kept me on my toes yeah. nonstop. But I think I am more the type of person that would like to listen to yeah, like structured riffs and melodies and yeah. choruses and, you know, and again, not that this type of music is bad and not that it doesn't have its place. It's just me personally. I think I'm more into regular songs. Yes, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, and so, and so, yeah, it's not going into my Hall of Fame, but I do appreciate the album, you know, for what it is. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think, I don't think there's a song on the album that doesn't have something that I love. I mm-hmm. think there's something that I love in every single song in this and I, yeah, I think it's it's been a lot of fun listening to it and and being sort of confused by it and yeah. surprised by it all week. And I I don't know how much I would listen to it as a whole piece. Yes. That said, I think it's the perfect album for what we're doing because like if a couple of these songs came on in a playlist, I would have an absolute blast for three minutes. Yeah. But I don't know how many times I would like go back to it as a as a full album. Yeah. I, but, that, I mean as I say that that's not to say that I don't like the stuff. Yeah. But um yeah, it's just a tricky listen as you said. On that note, your three picks for the playlist. My three picks for the playlist are House of Suffering. Yeah. Reignition. Yeah. Sacred Love. 
Wow. Okay. How about you? My three picks are I Against I, Okay. Let Me Help, and Return to Heaven. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know when I texted you this afternoon saying I was doubting my choices? Yes. It's because I wanted to put Return to Heaven in. But I, I couldn't, see. I couldn't figure out what to take out. Right. Got you. Uh, I mean, that means two songs are going on the playlist from those six songs. So, yeah. uh, which one do you want to go on? Oh, man. What are you going to choose? I'm going to go with I against I. I think that's okay. my, yeah, I think that's a balls to the wall. That's like a statement of intent. Yeah. I, I nearly put that on there, to be honest, as well. Oh, we could have had two two matches, Rich. <laughs> I know. What have you done? What have I done? I think it's going to have to be between House of Suffering and Reignition. Okay. And the one that it's going to be <laughs> is House of Suffering. Okay, are you oh, sure? Oh God, you, you, I you look know. like you, you look like you're in pain trying to uh, decide this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just shows that I really like both of. I like yeah. all three of the songs that I picked, but um, yeah, it's tricky to pick one, uh-huh. which, which is why we don't usually do it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. All right. House of Suffering. That's going in. House of Suffering. Okay, sure. Okay, so House of Suffering and Eye Against Eye. Yes, not bad at all. Nice. So obviously normally we would do spreadsheet here, but as we've said, it's Black History Month, so we are focusing on uh, artists of colour. Rich, do you want to tell everyone what we've picked for next month? So next week we're going... Next week, sorry. (laughs) What did you say, next month? I said next month, yeah. (laughs) Um, Next week we're going more contemporary, a bit more mainstream. We're going with The End of Heartache by Killswitch Engage because Howard Jones well I mean Killswitch Engage are probably one of the biggest most consistent voices in their genre and I feel like Howard Jones was just like one of the biggest forces to be reckoned with in that genre too yeah we'll talk about it next week but his voice is phenomenal yeah major major frontman and some major albums singles songs etc yes and yeah have you listened to this album before, Kyle? I have not, no. I have listened to the follow-up album, the one that had My Curse as the lead single, mm-hmm. um, which name absolutely escapes me right now. But no, I've not listened to End of Heartache, so I'm looking forward to it because I know I'm going to get some sweet riffing and some sweet Howard Jones singing. You certainly are, and some sweet production as well. I feel like I remember their productions like super, super clean. Yeah, I know their drummer is a fucking monster, so yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to listening to him go nuts I feel like we're, we're going into the episode now we are so <laughs> let's go track one first song <laughs> um, would have been would have been good if I'd remembered what the first song was called <laughs> I would have we can edit it in quickly if you want to, uh, ah, want to find out ah. uh, the end of <laughs> I'm not going to edit this bit out I'm just no no <laughs> please don't uh, oh it's just the song and oh god this is going terribly um a bid farewell of Uh, course of course i should have known um oh so i've just seen that there's a special edition with like six bonus tracks i'm assuming we're just going to do the 12 piece 42 minute album we are 42 minutes sounds like a joy to me yeah most of the bonus tracks are live versions so oh ridiculous no we don't Um, i don't like live music (laughs) i know that for a fact is incorrect (laughs) Um, so uh, Rich where can people find us if they want to you know talk to us uh, if you want to talk to us if you want to get in touch about this week's episode or next week or, or whenever whenever you're listening um, you can email us at chewthemetal at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chewthemetal for all our updates and, and things and you can also uh, find us on all podcast platforms I believe and you can subscribe and like us and rate us and review us and 
and all the things that make us look great and, and really help us out. Uh, yes. Yes, you can do all those things. Please do. Yes. Cool. Okay. Well, this has been a pleasure as always. Always. Thank you. And see you next week for The End of Heartache by Kill Switch Engage. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So there was a weird lag there. So all I heard was, welcome to episode 11. Let's see if we can learn something. <laughs> That's all I said. So uh, <laughs> no lag. I just cut the intro because I don't get um, No, I think I did it right. Yeah, I trust you. And uh, and I saw Black Peaks there that day. Oh, shit. And Fiddler, because uh, Jess was like, oh, my God, Fiddler are playing. And I was like, I don't know who they are. And turns out I love them. Well, so there you go. Good. Yeah. Jess knows what she's talking about. She did, yeah. But well, she just still does. Um, <laughs> Don't <laughs> trust still the words she says now. <laughs>